You're listening to C-Suite Success Radio with your host and executive coach, Sharon Smith. If corporate success is your goal, C-Suite Success Radio offers you informative interviews with experts that will help you shorten your learning curve and accelerate your momentum to higher achievement. C-Suite Success Radio makes it simple and easy for you to tap into the wisdom of other successful business people who know the path you're traveling. If you're ready for success in corporate America, welcome to your new home at C-Suite Success Radio. And now, time for your host and C-Suite Executive Coach, Sharon Smith. Welcome to this week's episode of C-Suite Success Radio. I am your host, Sharon Smith of C-Suite Results. Each week, we focus on success, a word we all know and something we strive towards, but not a word that's easy to define. All of our topics and guests are aimed to help you achieve the goals you've set for your organization and for yourself as a leader, but more importantly, to help you accelerate the pace of your success. On today's show, we have Sam Schwartz. Sam has an extensive background with Business Network International, known to most as BNI. He is currently the co-national director of BNI Israel with over 2,000 members. Sam was the national director of BNI Hungary, BNI Romania, BNI Bulgaria, and the executive director for BNI Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. Sam was also the director of training for BNI Europe for more than eight years. He's a certified networking professional trainer and has been a motivational business speaker for associations and corporations. Sam is a contributing author to Masters of Success, a Wall Street Journal number one bestseller, and Masters of Sales, number one on Wall Street Journal, number one at Amazon.com, on the New York Times bestseller, USA Today bestseller, and Business Week bestseller. Sam served as an officer in the Special Forces of the Israeli Army and taught at the Officers Training School. Sam has lived and had businesses in three continents. Sam's philosophy is dream big and go for it. Let's listen to the conversation I had with Sam and learn how he defines success and the lessons he has learned to help you gain the edge you're looking for. Today, I have the pleasure of having Sam Schwartz join me, and it's my pleasure because Sam has become such a good friend of mine over the past year. Welcome to the call, Sam. Thank you, Sharon. It's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited that you were able to join us today, talk about success, talk about what you're working on, and really just have a lot of fun sharing with our audience things they can learn from us and from you. I'm looking forward to it. I hope we can enlighten them. Oh, we'll find something. There's always a nugget out there. No matter what, there's always something to be learned from every conversation. And we're going to start by having you really share with us what you're focusing on these days, because I've read your bio and you've got a really interesting, extensive background. But what are you up to right now? I sold my franchises in the U.S. and uh, Europe of my B&I franchises. I've been involved now probably around 19 years. And uh, the only franchise I kept is the Israeli franchise because that's my homeland. And it gives me a great excuse to visit the country many times, visit the family, but also make a difference in the economy there, make a difference in the culture. So that's why uh, I kept that. What I'm working on is really... uh, trying to focus on my next chapter in my life. Suddenly when you wake up in the morning and you don't have the to-do list of visiting chat or answering emails from members and so on, kind of gives you uh, some time to reflect. And you know the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I decided it's time for me to kind of look at my life and 
see what I can change. One of the things that I can tell you that I am excited is, uh, as you know, I have two hobbies, uh, motorcycle and scuba diving, but I'm also focusing on giving back to the community and helping. And I got involved with BACA, which is Bikers Against Child Abuse. And it's such a privilege to be with this group of rough bikers. But if you've never seen, you know, the big bikers with their leather sharing a tear or smiling or dancing with a little kid and being silly, uh, you never seen a real biker. They really have a heart of gold. And I found uh, a new family in uh, Baka. So I'm really excited to uh, get involved with that more. And, uh, you know, the veterans and myself being a veteran from the IDF, uh, I try and support uh, any veteran uh, community in the U.S. as well. That's fantastic. I love that. I would love to get some more information from you on BACA so we can share that within the show notes for anyone who wants to learn more about that organization. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, just so a word of warning, if you go to Facebook and you do a BACA search, uh, have a couple of boxes of tissue next to you. Okay. Thank you for that warning. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it's really a life-changing uh, touching people's lives in a way that I wasn't aware of until I discovered them. This weekend I rode with my uh, Buckham brothers. I, I try to ride my Harley as often as I can now. I love the fact that you are creating your next chapter. I think that says a lot about life and about it's not always final. I had an interview a couple weeks ago with Tom Feltenstein, and one of the things he said, which I absolutely loved, was success is not final, failure is not fatal. And I just thought that was so amazing and so enlightening for me to hear. And hearing you after the success you've had with BNI after 19 years, you decided it was time to do something different. And you didn't have to know what that was. You just decided, I want to do something different. And figuring that out is what you're currently focused on. And I think that's really worthy of sharing. So thank you for telling us about that. You know, to me, success is a journey. It's not a destination. And uh, when you think you reach a success, then suddenly it's like the horizon. There's another level of success. And whatever you define the success being, there's so many aspects, so many levels of that. To me, is the enjoyment of the journey and rediscovering. And one of the core values of BNI, we have seven core values, but uh, I had a conference call this morning and I was asked to share my favorite core value. And my one is lifelong learning. I'm a great believer that the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. You know, lifelong learning and rediscovering yourself uh, is a way of life. Absolutely. And the more I have these kinds of conversations and wonderful conversations with anybody, the more I realize I don't know because I'm always learning from everybody. I think too many times we assume that someone can't teach us something because they're not in our industry or they're not as educated or they're not we don't know anything about them and then we find that what we don't know about them is something very eye-opening and educational or we open our minds to just anybody in every conversation there's a lot to be learned just like i'm sure there's a lot to be learned just from watching the bikers right bikers with these children that no one would ever imagine they could learn from a biker absolutely you know the challenge we have as human beings and through my years in bni i discovered that people put people in boxes you know if i'm going to tell you i met a lawyer you immediately in your mind you'll have an image of a lawyer and you'll have some definition of who they are and what you think of that. But the reality is that we don't know until we take the time to really find out. 
if I may share with you a quick story, I love to, to illustrate that. Yes, please. So uh, I started my life in BNI about 19 years ago in a chapter in on the other side of the Potomac Ocean, you know, in the Rockville area, Maryland. <laughs> Potomac <laughs> Ocean. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know why they call it the Potomac Ocean? Because <laughs> nobody crosses it. You know, people in Maryland stay in Maryland. People in Virginia come uh, So anybody <laughs> yeah. in the D.C. area is laughing along right now and everybody else is going, what? But it's true. Yeah, you know, <laughs> We're very territorial. You know, it's, that, it, it's the invisible wall that yes. is right there in the middle of the breeze. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, back to your story. So I, I found my life there and we had a member who was a painter and a wallpaper hanger. So when I tell you uh, wallpaper hanger painter, what comes to mind immediately is somebody that traveled the world, speaks many languages, well-educated, a great network of people, correct? I don't know. Probably not. I was going to say, not not. exactly where my mind goes when I think of a wallpaper hanger and painter. Well, so when I joined the chapter, at that time I was a publisher of a publication that was called the Annual Guide for the Arts. I was working with the Kennedy Center, the Symphony, the Opera, the Ballet, and so on. And we were, that's pre-internet, where we published the annual schedule that they had with sitting chart and all of the information you needed if you were a patron of the arts. So my target market was the Rolexes, the Mercedes-Benz, the high-end restaurants, and so on. So I avoided connecting with these gentlemen or trying to do a one-to-one with him to find out more about it until I did that, and then it was a slap on my face. I found out that he was an ex-CIA spy who served behind enemy line, spoke perfect German and French and some other languages, and in his words, he said, I had so much adrenaline in my life that all I want to do is watch paint dry on the wall. As a human being, I put him in a box right. because I related to what he's doing now and what my perception of him, of what he's doing now without taking the time to really find out who he is, what's his background. And especially in this area, I think most of us maybe have second, third, fourth career, but we judged on what we're doing now. So I learned my life lesson was don't put people in boxes. Take the time to get to know them. Find out who they are. Find out who they know. Find out who their family and so on and so forth. Because you never know. You get a lot of surprises. You do. And I think on a, a similar note, we put ourselves in boxes often thinking I could never do that. I do this. Or I can't go to that event because I'm not in that industry. Or I could never reach that level of success from where I came from. So I think what you just said is a really great reminder to us to also not put ourselves in boxes. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, I shared with you is that I'm actually working on my personal development. And I took a a week retreat. And again, I'll tell you a quick story because there's a life lesson learned from that. It it was the SAI seminar. For those of you who are listening and are familiar with the SAI seminar, it's a great organization. Uh, So it was a seven days, no internet, no email. And we had an exercise that I can share with you. There was a lot of experiential learning, training and and exercises. So one of the exercises was to climb out up on like a telephone pole that was like, I don't know, 35, 40 feet up. There was pegs so you can help and you were tied. So it was secure. It's almost like rock climbing with somebody holding you so you don't fall to the ground. And the instructions was give 100%. Just give 100%. And one by one went up there and try. And at the top of the pole, there was a little 
round plate that you had to stand on it, turn around, and then on the back there was a trapeze, and you had to jump onto the trapeze, held it, and that was the, uh, you know, the, the end of the exercise. So they teach us a lot of visualization, and here I am at the bottom of the pole doing a lot of visualization of climbing up, reaching up, putting my feet, standing up, turning and jumping and grabbing that trapeze. It was raining at that day, and it was very slight, and actually I asked the instructor, are we going to stop? And actually she looked at me and she said, does life stop when it's raining? <laughs> that was, well, that's the first lesson. That Today, first yes. Lesson. Today I would like it to so, stop. <laughs> so here I am, you know, at the bottom, getting ready and say, okay. And I start climbing fast because I saw myself at the top and, and the, the instructors shout, stop, take a breather, relax, take time. Okay. So I stood, went, climbed up, put my first foot, my right foot on the top of that round plate. And my leg was on the last peg. And as I'm standing up, my leg slipped and I fell off. Obviously, I was catched by the rope, so nothing happened. I was mad. I was mad. I came down and I was mad. And during this training, they pair you up with a buddy. And my buddy, Edward blessing uh great guy young guy see me and then he kind of called me and said come here and he used a word i can't use what the <laughs> fill the blank you can use it wrong. if you want <laughs> yeah fill the blank what's wrong with you what the heck what's wrong with you Don't and i said i didn't do it you know i didn't finish and he said what do you mean you didn't finish well i didn't grab the trampoline the the, the uh not trampoline the, yeah the the bow and he said what was the exercise to give 100%. Did you give 100%? And the answer was yes. And he said, you know what? My father, who is younger than you, would have never climbed and stood up like you did. So what's wrong with you? So often in life, we look at what we haven't completed, what we didn't achieve, versus looking at what we achieve. And that was a two by four between my eyes of saying, start looking at the achievement. You know, you said earlier, we don't give credit. We put ourselves in boxes. And often we do. We are the worst critics of ourselves. And I think the harder thing is to maybe write your own successes or talk about it because you don't do that in the society. And I think that was a, a good lesson for me to say, okay, what was the exercise to give 100%? Did I give 100%? Yes. Well, that was my 100%. Just because I didn't grab the, the bar doesn't mean I didn't give 100%. That's fantastic. I would have been terrified of that exercise. That sounds really scary. Uh, you'll be amazed what you can do when your mind set up to it. Yeah. And you have encouragement from the audience and love and support and positive energy. Fantastic. I mean, that was amazing. A lot of people completed that exercise. And Some people stop in the middle because they have fear of heights. They mm -hmm. couldn't. Some people just stood on the top, on the, you know, on their knees or whatever. Everybody has his own different 100%. Absolutely. That's a great point. Everyone has their own different 100%. And when we compare our, ourselves to somebody else, we're not comparing apples to apples. I teach, a fit, mm -hmm. I teach a fitness class. I teach P90X three days a week at 6 a.m. And I give a great group of people who show up. And at that hour, most people give me a really strange look when I tell them what I do. Like, that's crazy. But I've got about 13 to 20 people that are there three days a week. And I always say there's a couple things I like to say. One is check your ego at the door. 
because this <laughs> you, this is not about getting hurt or lifting a certain amount of weight. It's about you know getting a good workout. And the other is don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. Focus on yourself. Your squat is as deep as your squat, not your neighbor's. And it's all about your own effort and what you can do and not comparing yourself to the person next to you, which can be very hard to do at times. Especially if you're type A personality and a very competitive individual. We always try to compare. And most of the entrepreneurs typically fall into that type of personality. So you consider yourself a type A personality quite competitive? Oh, yeah. That probably helped you in the Army. I lecture a lot about uh, military uh, tactics or military lessons in the business world, how to apply. And I start with my why. What, What was my why? So imagine yourself at the age of 16. We had a power military. In Israel, you do a power military training before you join the army. It's part of your high school training, kind of, you know, you playing soldiers, basically. And one of the exercises was to uh, jump into a canvas, you know, the uh, first responders uh, uh, canvas when there's a fire. Uh So we stood on the first floor, on the roof of a building, first floor, and we had to jump into that canvas. So here I am, 16. You know, oh, macho man, I'm going to go up there. And I stood on the edge and my knees started buckling. I just couldn't. I, fear took over and I couldn't. And I climbed down on the ladder. And if you never heard a group of young kids going, chicken, chicken. Oh, my God. That stays with you for the rest of your life. When it was time for me to join the military, guess what I did? I actually volunteered to the special forces of the parachute regiment. Uh, And I have many jump out of a plane in order to overcome. uh, I said I would never, ever have this. And I knew that if I'm going to volunteer, first of all, they throw you out the first jump. They don't even (laughs) let you jump. (laughs) So, you know, I know that that just because it's your first jump. So they kind of have two delivery guys on the call on their doors and just push you out. And once you're out and, and you survive it, the next one it is. It's really uh, overcoming that uh, self-doubt. I can. You know, they say, if you believe you can, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. Right. Henry Ford. And uh, we need to, to work on it all, all the time. So that helped me in my military training. Definitely helped me. The discipline, I can tell you, there's a few things I'm talking about, the integrity. Uh, my unit was a very small unit, a uh, very special unit and we rely on each other your integrity was when nobody's watching yes because you had to do your role regardless uh, you know there's an exercise where you kind of fall backwards without looking knowing that your peers will catch you yes 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 well we used to jump to see if we can knock them off oh wow <laughs> yeah because we knew they're going to catch up doesn't matter what you're going to do and we did stupid stuff you know when you're 18 <laughs> You know, when you're 18, uh, you're invincible and you can do stupid stuff. Uh, 18 and fit, I knew that they're going to get my back. But it was because each one of us had the integrity of doing the right thing all the time, even when nobody's looking. I also say that integrity, in addition to what you just said, it is definitely doing the right thing when no one's looking. I also believe it is doing what you said you're going to do long after the feeling you set it in has passed. That whole idea of, sure, I'll help you move on Sunday. Absolutely. You're my buddy. I'll help you out. Sunday rolls around. You do it regardless of how you feel, whether you're hungover, whether you want to. No matter what, you you said you would do it. Integrity is doing what you said you're going to do. Your word is your bond. Absolutely. Once you gave your word, you can't take it back. You know, unfortunately, in the old days, deals were made by giving a word and shaking hands. 
nowadays you have to back it up with about 50 pages of a law document and even that is not secure yeah uh, integrity you absolutely and and that's something you can't learn it's you can't i mean you, you, you're learning by doing it by keeping your word my uh favorite book or my, my book that made the most impact on my life was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey, yeah. who passed away a few years ago from a bicycle accident, unfortunately, mm -hmm. he says, you know, keeping your word is, you know, it's something that it's not easy. So you have to start small, give a little promise, keep it, give it another promise, keep it. And gradually you get used to it. And once it becomes you know, it, it's part of your habit. It's part of what you do. And, and you need to keep it up all the time. It's also keeping your word to yourself. How easy is it to say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning, and then the morning rolls around, and the only person you have to let down is yourself, or the only person that knows what you said you're going to do is yourself. And it's so easy. It's so easy to just say, I don't feel like it. Right? There's some discipline and integrity in there. I think many people forget that integrity includes what are you saying to yourself? Absolutely. We forgive ourselves very quickly. Yes. Or we have all the excuses uh -huh. to forgive ourselves. Uh, but yeah, keeping your word and integrity is to yourself. You know, it's interesting because one of the things that you learn and that was also in the seminar, you know, they equate it to the airplane when they give you the instruction about when the oxygen mask falls down. What do you need to do first? You need to put it on the person that you're with if you have a child or someone elderly with you. No. Oh, no, you no, to put it on yourself you first. Your oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I know that. I've flown for years. I used to be a traveling consultant. Sorry. So, I'm totally yeah, losing my and, mind. <laughs> and then you put it on the other person. And I know and... the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's okay. But but you see, and that's exactly what it is. It's keeping your word to yourself and making sure you, you're taking the oxygen. You, you have, you know, the energy. The Whatever it is that you want to help others, you have to take care of yourself as well yeah a lot of Absolutely. people forget that they're and always that's, giving that's not, that's not easy that's no not it's easy. it's not it's it's for many people it's harder to say no to others and then just let you know your own your own health or your own well-being go and then you end up overworking and over committing yourself and burning yourself out and then you're not available to others you aren't able to put your own ma oxygen mask on let alone theirs Speaking of, I would say I'm going to segue this into obstacles and struggles because if you're dealing with lack of oxygen, it's an obstacle and a struggle. What are some of or the biggest obstacle or struggle you found along your way to where you were with BNI or where you are today? What, what was it that you found to be some of the more challenging parts of that career growth and development or personal growth and development? It's interesting because part of the SAI seminar that I took talks about our you know, conscious, subconscious, and the superconscious, because most of us operate on the subconscious. You know, it's our knee-jerk reaction. Our conscious is only about maybe 5 10%, and the way we show up or the way we react is our subconscious. And our subconscious is really written down uh, as children. Uh, there's many studies, it's not a size seminar, that says that your belief, your belief system from 0 to 4, 50% of your belief are already formed, 4 to 8, another 30%. So by the time you're 8, years old, you're, you already define your relationship with people, with money, with uh, all, of the, all of your behavior, it's already registered. And you start reacting. You know, when you see a little kid, you know, destroying a tantrum uh, and it helps him to get what he wants, guess what? When he's an adult, he's going to throw a tantrum because it, it 
that who he is and it helped him. So one of my biggest challenges was recognizing the tapes that runs me, the subconscious, and not giving in to them and focusing on what is important right now. I'll share with you, I'm dyslexic. So that means that there's a disconnect between my brain and my hand and um, misspelling. Uh, on top of it, I have ADD, HDD, and whatever you want, all of these. Now, when I grew up in the 50s, 60s, uh, it was not recognized of, uh, and it, it was like labeling. And I still remember today when my teacher put me in front of the blackboard and said, spell this word a thousand times and write it down in front of all the class. Well, guess what? The first, and you wrote it so I could copy it. So the first, time, the first one I copied, okay, the second one, by the time it gets to the third or the fourth, guess what happened? I started making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And all the class were laughing. And again, so that was registered in my brain as, you know, as a failure. You're not smart enough. You know, you're not good enough. All of these self-talk that we have, the self-limited belief that are subconscious. And I think those, those are the big obstacles, recognizing them and trying to overcome them. Where did you learn this whole idea of I can tap into my subconscious thoughts, I can change them? Where did that come from? Actually, in the special forces, uh, you know, one of the way they weed out. We started probably, I would say, maybe 80 people and we ended up like 20, something like that. A lot of it was physical. In other words, we had very little sleep. Uh, We actually sleepwalked. We had people, we were marching overnight and they would fall asleep walking. And you reach a point where your physical fatigue, you, 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 you're done, but your brain reaches out and your body just reacts. So you tap into this uh, emotional energy where you don't give in. You just don't sit down. And I can tell you, we had big guys, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger type of mm-hmm. big muscle sitting down. Oh, I can't take it anymore. I'm done. And it's like, Dude, I mean, you you 10 times bigger than I am and you sitting down and crying? What's wrong with you? Now, on top of it, we had to carry them and that's other <laughs> stuff. But that's, you know, but it's that mental. And if you talk to a lot, you know, think about survivors, people who survive atrocious things, how they survive. It's all about your mental capacity that you tap into. And I think one of the biggest lesson learned is when the time gets rough, you need to home in, go in deep and reach out and try and and get that resource, the the extra battery, you know, the the extra energy, whatever you call it. You know, you hear stories about the adrenaline rush, how, you know, a mother lifts a car from a, to to save their kids. And, And physically, there's no way she could do it, but she done it. Where is that energy came from? Where is that strength came from? Well, it was all more emotional than than muscles. To me, that is the uh, obstacles is us. I think that it's the self-limited belief. And we can always uh, put an excuse, oh, the economy, or I'm a foreigner, I don't speak the right language, you know, whatever you want, all excuses are equal. I believe that if you set up your mind to do something, you'll be able to do it. And all you have to do now is, you know, go on the internet, go to YouTube, go see some motivational videos of of people that were born born without limbs and doing an amazing things. And you say, how can they do that? And here we are, full-bodied, mentally healthy and all that, and we complain. And we say, I can't do that. Oh, it's too hard. 
Is that one of the reasons you like the BACA group so much is what you're doing with the children and, and helping them potentially overcome some of these obstacles in terms of mindset that they're probably up against at a very early age? If you read the mission of BACA, I really connected with that, is really empowering the children. And there's nothing more rewarding, and I'll share with you. So we had a picnic where we had some people that were assigned to us cases and families. And when you see the kids playing together, and there's nothing more rewarding seeing uh, a child that's been abused. And, and, you know, abuse can be physical, mentally, sexual, whatever it is. Acting and behaving normally with adults and have the retrust with adults and, you know, and give you the high five and, and even give you a hug when they leave and the smile. There's nothing more rewarding than that because you empower the child to gain that trust again, that, that life again. Well, before we wrap up our call today, you've provided us some great insights. You've talked about success being a journey and not, desti- not a destination. It's really about the enjoyment of the journey. Talked about lifelong learning. You mentioned one of your favorite books, Being Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a great book. It's come up before. Other guests have said the same thing. I really love hearing what everyone's reading or what their favorite books are. And I loved hearing about your your um, your seminar where you were climbing the pole and all of these things. You've been giving us so many wonderful pieces of information about obstacles. And I love what you're sharing with us today. What if you were sitting with a young leader or someone coming up through a leadership looking for a leadership role or they're trying to grow themselves and do personal development and and get to that next stage? What would be the one piece of advice you would want them to know, something that you think if you had known earlier in life might have made a big difference or shortened your learning curve? Is there one, one great nugget you would share? Be coachable and be a servant mentality. Don't do it for your ego. Do it to serve others. Do it because you really care about other people, not because you get accolades, not because your ego, because you get rewarded. You know, you really need to find that one thing you're connecting with that really. So I would do what I did in BNI. I would pay to train people to connect. I, I love so much changing people's life that to me, I would pay to do what I was doing. You know, I was in Israel uh, a few months ago, and this young young lady, a lady, came to me. She said, "You probably don't remember me." I said, "No." She said, "Well, you inducted me when I was uh, a member, uh, when I became a member about seven years ago." Uh, and kind of said, "Okay." And she said, "Well, you know, your organization, what you did, really changed my life." I said, "How so?" She said, "I started, and she's about in the in the um, I would say the retirement age." Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, I started making ice cream in the kitchen in my house. That was my hobby, and I started making ice cream. When I joined the group, and as a result of the group, today I have a factory. Wow. I employ people. Not only that you gave me a second chance, you also gave chance to other families that are now my employees. You know, I have goosebumps talking about it so. because here is somebody that – Retirement age, you know, third chapter of the life, what can I do? And from a hobby, doing ice cream in the kitchen, she's now having a factory with all different types of, and she talked about the specialty ice cream, you know, the, what do you call it, gluten-free ice cream and this ice cream and whatever. <laughs> but it's amazing how this organization, and, and you know, that, that to me is the rewarding, a servant. You change somebody's life, and you know the you, know, you 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 give a fish to a person, you feed him for a day. You teach him to fish, you feed them for life. 
to me, that's, you know, look at the opportunity to connect with something that you have the passion to and see if you can turn it around to serve others so others can benefit. You know, Stephen Covey wrote The Eight Habits. I'm not sure you're familiar with the book. And basically, it's find your calling, find what's your inside, who you are, what you do, why you act. And I think that would be advice. First of all, you know, instead of learning, find who you are as a being, what motivates you, what drives you, and then works on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. It's easier to grow your strengths than try and change your weaknesses. Yes, I heard John Maxwell do a keynote on that topic, and it was so eye-opening for me because we so often spend our time and our energy thinking we need to get better at what our weaknesses, where you're only going to get marginally better at any of your weaknesses, but exponentially better if focusing on your strengths. You know, if if I can plug in, I don't get anything out of it. A strengths finder. Oh my gosh! It's, uh, from strength. the Gallup organization, yes. I took this test, and and it was the first time that somebody explained to me in simple English who am I and what motivates me and what drives me and why do I show up in life the way I show up. I love strength finders. It's like fifteen dollars. It's wonderful. I don't get anything for it either. I use an assessment yeah. with my clients and friends called Core Values Index, which I love. Uh, it really, you know, it just helps people understand who they are and why they get conflict under certain circumstances and how to avoid that conflict. And just knowing who you are, there's so many assessments, whether it's DISC or Meyer Briggs or Colby or Wilson, or there's so many, but they all serve a purpose and they're all slightly different, but they're all so accurate when you're honest and how you answer the questions. And they all mean right. something and they really can help open your eyes to what is it, especially for someone younger or someone who's reinventing themselves. I've reinvented myself and you're looking at the next chapter. I'm looking at chapters past and future and really who am I and what's my calling? And that changes. That's not a final destination either. Of course not. And that would be my advice to that person who is looking for the next role in leadership. Find who you are first. You know, it's like navigation. If you don't know where you are, you're not going to get to where you want to go. So find first, you know, your baseline, who you are, what met you, what drives you, what motivates you, and then you can build on it and have a servant attitude. Absolutely. It sounds like you've been reading stuff on my computer. Did you hack into my computer? <laughs> One of the first, um, kind of the first lessons in some of my and pr- some of the development work that I do with folks is called um, clarifying your direction. And I use the analogies of maps and roadblocks and, you know, need Mm -hmm. to know where you're going because how, as they said in in Alice in Wonderland, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And yeah, absolutely. Knowing who you are and where you want to go is definitely a good start. Fantastic. Wonderful. I I truly enjoyed this conversation. I had no idea where this conversation is going to go. Me either. It was really fun. It was really fun uh, sharing some of those things. Yeah, I never know where these conversations will go either, and that's part of the fun of it is knowing that we're going to talk about success in some way or another, but knowing that it's a different conversation with everybody because everybody has different stories and experiences and definitions, and that's what I think this is all about for me and my listeners and for the guests. I think everyone takes something away from all of these conversations. So, Sam, thank you so much for being on. Um, Let me jump on the back of your bike one of these days. I think that would be fun. Oh, you you are invited. Not today. But. Not today. It's raining today. <laughs> yeah. But absolutely, we can work something out. Maybe uh, you can come to our next BACA meeting, which is uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and you can come and, you know, yes. it's in the evening. So yeah, let's talk offline and yeah. see if you can. 
Love it. All right. Thank you. See, all good things come My from these pleasure. conversations. Thanks, Sam. We'll talk again soon. You take care. You Thank too. you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Tune in for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can get more resources at www.c-suiteresults.com. Make it a successful day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.